Hi everyone, this is Jessica. I wanted to start this episode by thanking Lara Hockeiser. She is the owner of Flow and Grow Kids Yoga and she is the newest patron on my Patreon page. Thank you, Lara, so much for your support of the podcast and for joining the KYP community on Patreon. If anyone else is interested in joining, please do check it out. You can go to my website, www.thekidsyogapodcast.com, and you can click on the link there to learn more about Patreon. All right, on to this week's episode. Hi, and welcome to the Kids Yoga Podcast, the place for all things kids yoga. My name is Jessica Mujis, and after teaching kids yoga for over a decade and being immersed in the industry, I created this podcast as a warm and supportive place for parents, teachers, caregivers, and kids yoga professionals to gather. Episodes include conversations with kids yoga teachers, business owners, and authors, child development experts, informational episodes on specific kids yoga topics, yoga adventures for children, and even the voices of children themselves. It is my hope that you can come here each week and gain inspiration and form connection with your fellow kids yoga community. Welcome to the Kids Yoga Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. And welcome back to the Kids Yoga Podcast. I'm Jessica, and this week I'm joined for the second time by Betty Lorea. Betty hasn't been on the podcast in quite some time, so I am so excited to catch up. A little bit about Betty if you don't know her already. She is a poet, the author of Lucinda's Magical Yoga Adventure, and a certified yoga instructor who has been teaching yoga to children ages six months to 18 years, and their families for over 20 years. She received her 200-hour yoga teacher certification from Three Sisters Yoga in New York City and has certifications from Karma Kids Yoga and Rainbow Kids Yoga. Betty is the founder of Be Yoga, Be Love and provides her yoga and arts curriculum, author visits, enrichment programs, staff development training, and events for children, families, and educators in schools, libraries, bookstores, and yoga studios throughout the country. She enjoys integrating yoga with poetry, art, music, storytelling, and mindful play to inspire kids to be and express themselves while promoting literacy and life skills. Betty is also a book doula who offers mentoring for aspiring children's book authors and mindful play workshops to support parents, teachers, and caregivers in connecting with and inspiring cooperation with the children in their lives. Betty loves reading, writing poetry, creating collage art, dancing, playing, exploring nature, and discovering the wonder in each moment with her young daughter. Betty, welcome back to the show. Hi, Jessica. I'm so happy to be here. Yes. You know what I was thinking about? You were, so I interviewed you way back, like at the beginning of the podcast. I think you were the first guest I had on who I didn't know prior to, like I I met you through social media. So like you were the first guest like that. And so I remember being nervous for that conversation, but it was such a great one. And um, I just wanted to like to talk about that since we talked and you, you've just so much has happened. You've become a book doula <laughs> and like I love your, your posts about like finding your voice. And so I kind of just was wondering if you can tell me about your journey since the last time we talked. Sure. Um, well, uh, a lot of it was uh Thanks to you, which is really amazing. You helped me connect with um, Margot Harris, who um, was my first uh, author mentee. Um, and uh, that was totally through the Kids Yoga Podcast. I think she was a guest the week after um, yes. I was a guest. And um, she reached out to me because um, she had this idea for a book. And I had been wanting to mentor. I mean, everything was on my website. I just hadn't really 
pursued it. And I was just kind of like hmm. waiting, you know, for the right time or whatever. But um, it, you know, it, it's amazing because it's exactly how I would have liked it. You know, it's someone came to me. I wasn't like actively out there looking for clients. And um, we had a wonderful conversation over the phone because I offer complimentary call to see if um, it's a fit to work together. And um, it was definitely a fit on my end and her end. So we pretty much just jumped right in and um, kind of learned a little bit, you know, along the way, just how the relationship um, uh, and uh, was able to really infuse a lot of the mentoring with um, my yoga and spiritual, um, you know, teachings and uh, practices, um, which is um, really amazing. So it's finding my own voice as a mentor. I mean, I had mentored uh, other kids yoga business owners, but that was a little bit more, you know, a little bit more methodical and a little bit more, um, you know, just it wasn't as kind of fluid as it was with Margot. And I think a lot of that also is just like her personality and mine just really meshed together and um, had no idea um, how long the process would take. But, you know, I had told her that once I found my illustrator, it happened pretty quickly and I had published my book in six months and I couldn't promise anything. But, you know, we really, I mean, she really dug in and she did the work. Um, she's, you know, she's like my is ready to go and um, she published her book within seven months and I was so proud of her and also of Susan because we actually um, started working together just a few weeks maybe like two weeks later Susan contacted me through a post that I did on Facebook so you know all of a sudden I was like oh my god I'm you know mentoring these two women and um, and both of them published their books within seven months of you know starting to work with me and got their books out in time for Christmas so that <laughs> could share it, you know, for the holidays. And that was beautiful. And, and the rest is just kind of, yeah, just people have slowly been starting to find out about me and, um, you know, just really enjoying the process and authors that I'm meeting, you know, like different projects, you know, some mindfulness related, some not, but um, I'm, like I said, I'm really happy because I'm finding my voice and helping them to find their voice, which I think that's at the root of everything that I, I do, even with my children's yoga. So, um, it's very much aligned. Um, it's a different audience, obviously, but, um, having a lot of fun and, you know, and it's just really amazing to see these authors, um, you know, have their have their books in their hands and sharing them on social media and getting author visits and seeing them just, you know, take off. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about this title book doula, because I love it so much. Oh. Like, is this a new thing? Like, did you invent this? And where did the, where did it come from? Where did this? Um, come from? Well, I don't know if I like invented <laughs> it per se. Um, I, I, I did a I did a little like search like on, you know, I, I was like, should yeah. I do this? Is that too like? is that too much? But the truth is, it really came from my experience of, I always said that, you know, uh, when I uh, self-published my book, Lucinda's Magical Yoga Adventure, that that was my first baby because it felt mm -hmm. birthing a child. So the idea of a book doula is like, yeah, like I will help you, you know, plant that seed that you have and, you know, just watch it. We'll watch it grow together. We'll, you know, you're, it's kind of like being a doula. So, um, I, I just, I started, you know, thinking the spiritual aspect as well, like the idea of being a doula, I like just the way that it felt. And so I'm kind of just going with it. <laughs> yeah, I, I love it. I mean, it's perfect because for those listening who aren't too familiar with the doula, a doula is someone who's offering support for someone during child, during labor and during mm -hmm. childbirth with the it's, they're there as a support system for whatever your wishes are and to kind of be your advocate. And, right. and so for you as, you know, to help authors through that process, I can totally see, cause I see the creative <laughs> process as birth. Like I used to be a dancer and choreograph mm -hmm. and I would see each dance I made was like, it, yeah, you go through mm -hmm. labor pains, you're going through, <laughs> you know, and then you give birth and you mm -hmm. see this final product and it's always amazing. So, um, yeah, I just think it's so 
so wonderful the work you're doing. What are your yeah. kind of dreams and hopes for this kind of work as you move forward? Well, um, lately, you know, it's just it's been kind of stepping into this new role, kind of pivoting, like totally pivoting my business. Um, of course, I still love sharing mindfulness, you know, especially being a toddler mom, you know, I, I have a lot of experiences just like hands on that I love sharing with my social media audience. But just trying to be a little more focused on this new path, because I know, um, as I said, it's aligned with my purpose, because it's always been about spreading, you know, and much of like what we do as kids yoga, um, teachers um, and trainers is to spread the work of yoga and mindfulness throughout the entire world. So what better way, you know, especially for me, when I hit that cap, like I was teaching like, you know, 20 classes a week and was totally burnt out and was like, I, I can't keep going. I didn't really want to hire anybody. What can I do to reach more kids? Like it was like, okay, what can I do? What can I do? And I, you know, had this idea and I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, reach uh, a lot more kids, hopefully kids around the world, around, you know, the country. And, and I've been able to do that as an author. And of course, you know, having that be my passion as a poet. And it was just such an amazing journey for me and thinking about just if that's been my experience, each and every one of these teachers authors, right, are having the same experience of teaching and going out there doing their own work as a, a yoga educator, but now with the capacity to over Zoom or whatever they're using to do these author visits, they can, you know, talk to a classroom like in California or, um, which is really amazing. And that's the whole idea is like, how can we continue to spread um, that message, that magic of yoga. So as many children, parents, teachers have access to the message, the tools, because, you know, our books are, yes, they're, you know, really beautiful, cute children's books, but they're also tools for learning mm -hmm. um, these skills and mindfulness, like Margot, you know, combines the mindfulness right in there. And it's, you know, and it's so aligned with her purpose as well. Like, I love that each of these women and authors are using their personal story, their personal, you know, what I like to say, their why, they're bringing mm -hmm. that to everyone through writing this book. You know, not only to have these women express their voices in the world, but also children being inspired to use the yoga, use the mindfulness, the creativity, the expression, whatever that spark is that they find in the book is going to help each child find their inner voice, inner strength, or, you know, whatever it is that um, they they need, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's so true. I think that's an important point. And almost like I want to do a full episode about, I think so many of us, I was in the same position where I was teaching just like 15 classes a week mm -hmm. or whatever, and leading teacher trainings and traveling, and I was burnt out completely. Right. And I was like, wait a second, but I want to keep spreading kids yoga. What, how else do I do this? What is the other way? And, and I think there's so many ways to go with that, but like you're saying, one is if you have an idea for a children's book, like that's, it's just such a powerful way to, to get that, the story, the ideas into the hands of children. So I mm. love the work you're doing. I hope anyone listening who's like, has that thought in their head where they're like, I have this idea and I don't know what's the next step. Like talk to Betty because you know, you know what you're doing. Um, <laughs> Thank you. So, okay. So I love all that. Um, I, we're now going to like pivot our conversation. So we had connected recently. So since you've been on, we've become friends. Um, and recently we connected over motherhood and like just the, you had said, you're like, the struggles of motherhood that we don't necessarily hear people talk about that often. I think on social media, people are definitely like, they show that kind of underbelly of motherhood, but there's, um, there's like a depth to it. That's hard to get to oh, yeah. through one social media post. And mm -hmm. so we were like 
we both decided we're like let's dive in we're gonna have a real mama chat here we're gonna talk we're both mothers um and we're gonna talk about um our experiences because if there's one thing i've learned from the podcast the more personal the experience the more universal it tends to be the more personal things that I share, the more people reach out saying, hey, me too, I, I, you know, I relate to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the question you had suggested, and I love this question, we can start with, and I guess we'll just like go back and forth mm-hmm. at this point. So before you became a mom, what were your expectations of what being a mom would look like? <laughs> and then how has it been the same or different from those expectations? Mm-hmm. Okay, gosh, it's like I could, <laughs> yeah. right, which is probably what I should do, um, yes, but, um, right. <laughs> exactly, um, but I, I guess because I love children, um, I've been teaching, uh, you know, in some capacity for most of my life, you know, with like young cousins and, and whatnot, but, um, you know, being an auntie, Uh, But then, you know, teaching kids yoga for 20 years and also, you know, being a classroom teacher, I just thought, you know, I always connected with kids and I thought, oh my gosh, I can't wait to be a mom because then I get to play with my kid all day. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, and especially being, you know, a yoga teacher, kids yoga teacher, I thought like, I can't wait to use all these tools and see how they work. And like, my child's going to be so like grounded and my child's going to be so centered (laughs) and calm and she's going to know how to breathe and she's going to know how to Mm -hmm. do yoga to calm herself. And so, you know, fast forward to, you know, (laughs) being a toddler mom. I mean, in the beginning, you know, motherhood obviously did not expect, especially, you know, those first, you know, that first year, let's say, right, mm-hmm. is completely, you know, just exhausting and, mm-hmm. you know, it takes its toll because um, you're just thrown into this world where you have to take care of, like, in every, cap- like, their physical needs, like, you know, just keeping a, like, a young baby alive is, like, yes. a huge accomplishment, yes. you know, that's why, like, when you celebrate their first birthday, you're, like, I did it! <laughs> yeah, that's a big one where you, like, you were, like, I did it, I made it. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and, um, and yes, it is, obviously, I knew it was going to be work, you know, that, that their needs, you know, you had to take care of most of their needs, and physical needs, and, and, and the impact it has on your physical needs, like, for example, even just, you know, sleep, for example, it's never been an easy journey for me. Cadence has not been like, you know, the best sleeper. I tried to put her on a schedule and, mm-hmm. you know, it just never worked. She didn't nap. And so like, you know, you, you, you feel the repercussions of like sometimes like, you know, a very tired child and like trying to deal with that when you're exhausted because you didn't get a break. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so little things like that, just physically, I think you know, I didn't expect those. Um, but then now as she's growing, like the emotional component, right, comes into the whole play. And um, one of the things that, you know, I was I was very aware of just because I do believe like energetically that, you know, we are given the child, you know, that child mm. is, has chosen us because of the lessons that um, they need to learn, their soul needs to learn, and our soul needs to learn. And so, of course, Cadence is the perfect child for me because she is highly sensitive mm-hmm. and um, very, um, you know, like she's got a very strong opinion about things and she voices it. And she, um, and a lot of what I feel the struggle has been is that as a child myself, I was sensitive, but that was kind of like hushed or shunned or you know, like cut off where I had to like, not, you know, let it be seen. So a lot of the times I would do the crying and the sulking and the, you know, mm-hmm. behind closed doors. So I, I knew that it wasn't welcome in the environment because of course, you know, our parents and, you know, different generations too, like the way that our parents grew up, you know, it, it's just you know, and plus my parents are also from another country. They're, you know, we're a Latino family and, you know, values and all these things come into play. And so I had no idea that 
all those things that I thought I had healed and worked on for years with like, you know, energy healing and coaches and mentors, you name it. And I, I mean, I love digging deep. So yes, I've worked on myself. I've done a lot of work, but this is just another like deeper layer I did not expect. And so of course, when she's emotional, and a lot of it is like protecting my parents from it because yes, we, you know, for the most part, you know, um, for the first couple of years, my, we, we lived with my parents. So that was a big mm. deal. And so I started to notice like that pattern of me kind of wanting to quiet her down because I knew it was going to upset them. So here I was like going back to my own childhood where that wasn't allowed. So I knew that I didn't want to do that to my daughter but it's just sometimes you just notice how automatic it is to just avoid the uncomfortableness of other people. You do this other thing that you don't even believe in or, mm -hmm. or like agree with because it's not even about your relationship with your child. It's about the outside world. And uh, something similar actually happened to me today. Like um, we went we went to this art event that I like to go to and Cadence was like teaching, speaking, like she was teaching a yoga class because the body and, and one of the women was getting her yoga training. So there's Cadence doing like, okay, let's do tree pose. And then another little girl came and um, Cadence, I guess, did not like that. She, you know, she, all the attention wasn't on her. And she, she basically went over to the little girl and kind of was like, well, no, that this is like my class and it's only the grownups or something. Like, I don't, she didn't say it in those words because she was right, not right. like talking with that, but to the effect like this is for big people and she hurt the little girl's feelings. And then the mom came over and I could feel the shame, mm. like the shame yeah. coming over me. Like, oh yeah. my God, I'm a yoga teacher. My daughter should be this. My daughter should, and and I just had to deal in the moment. Like I just had to remove her because obviously she upset the child. Of course, I talked to her, mm -hmm. but you know, all of that was coming up. And even when I was talking to her, feeling the energy of the shame that was still kind of stuck on me because, like, I moment you sort of sometimes feel like, did that mom give me like, and like you know, you right. get this feeling where, yeah. um, you get kind of like taken out of the moment where you're just like enjoying your child and she's like you're so proud because she's like she's doing yoga with mm -hmm. these people and then all of a sudden it 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 changes and you're like okay now what do I do with it and you have to keep bringing yourself present but that's not always easy because of the other feelings that just kind of surface so like what do you do and that's really what motherhood has been for me is like finding new ways to like deal with those emotions as they arise. And sometimes I'm good at it and sometimes I'm not, you know, like, and, mm -hmm. and the thing that I'm learning most is like to have compassion for myself and also to, you know, to understand that, you know, there's also this guilt, right? There's this mom guilt that, oh my gosh, I, you know, I, in the way I spoke to Cadence or, you know, is not like how I would like to speak to her. Maybe my tone was too harsh or um, mm -hmm. I was too impatient. But the thing is, I feel like Cadence is seeing like the best of me, the worst of me. And I like apologize to her, like as many times as I have to apologize throughout the, the way that I might respond. But like, I feel like that's real. Like that's real. Yeah. It's not yeah. like, you know, pretending to be this like sweet, like person and then it's going to blow up and explode mm -hmm. at some point because during the day I'm just being human. And sometimes, like I said, I'm really good at it and I find, and I'm find myself like, oh, okay, that worked. And, and just kind of noticing, all right, like, what did I do there? How did I like center myself so I could be there for her? And once I start going in my head, like pausing and, you know, just kind of like bringing, bringing it back, whether taking a breath or, you know, I don't know, just whatever I can do to connect with her, because that's what's really happening is that we're disconnected and mm -hmm. I'm like grappling with, and a lot of times she'll push me away, which is even harder because I can't connect because she's like, go away or, right. and, and then that really hurts me too trying to connect with you and I don't know what to do it's not working and it's like I'm trying this one I'm trying that mm -hmm. but again 
it's it's like I'm doing the best I can and I have to like be you know gentle with myself and know that I'm you know I'm trying what I can and hopefully um teaching cadence that it's okay to be human and as long as you know like we had this conversation going home about the hurt feelings of the little girl and then you have the opportunity to actually you know do it different so I you know always ask her like so what could we do different you know and I did relate it to the fact that like if you're the teacher and someone comes into your class you want to welcome them so you you know you can say welcome I'm happy you're here and so then I ask her you know what would you like to say and so she'll mm -hmm. say something and you know, her capacity to, you know, her, she has a limited capacity to like, you know, but she'll, you know, either mimic what I say or she, but she gets it. And so having those conversations, um, you know, that's what's important because that's what she's left with. It's not like the fact that she was running away, mom, leave me alone. I don't like it that you're telling me that I made her cry or, mm -hmm. you know, which I didn't say to her, but you know, I, I asked her to notice, you know, what does she look like? And so sometimes she doesn't like to be told if because mm -hmm. she feels her own shame, right? So again, we have to really be, you know, empathize that they're so tiny. Like if we have shame, imagine what they feel like and they're really struggling. So how can we reach them? And especially if they're pushing us away, like how can we just like, you know, just get really strong and just find that connection point somehow, some way. Yeah. Oh my God. There's so much there. <laughs> you do need to write a book. I'm like this, there's so much, I mean, well, one thing that struck me first was like, I can't imagine because I know raising my children, it brings up my whole childhood, obviously it bring you know, things like you said, things you think you healed or things you forgot about. So the thought of like the first two years of her life being like, you're literally in like with your parents. So you're dealing with so many layers. That's really fascinating to me. And like, um, I can imagine how intense that could be, how beautiful and healing it could be mm. and how, you know, how, so that was one thing that stuck out. And then also I love that idea of like the, the child that comes to you is like the child that is going to wants to learn from you, but you also mm -hmm. are going to learn from them. Mm. Um, because I know in my experience, my expectation of being a mom, I ha I'm going to admit it before I was a mom, you know, that saying like, I was the perfect mother before I was a mother. Like people say, like <laughs> I taught kids for so long. I always worked with kids. I studied child development. I loved kids. I connected with kids. I was like, like you said, I was picturing, I'm like, you know, I'm going to start yoga young and like you said, my kids are going to be so calm and centered and, you know, and then your children are born and they are who they are. Like they are born. It's incredible to me. Now I have, I have a daughter and a son and like just seeing how different they are is just to me, um, that's been actually healing for me because I think a lot with my daughter, Emily, any issues that came up or struggles she had, I very much internalized. This is my fault. I did something wrong, you know, and very much put a lot of blame on myself. But now I see how Ryan is and he's just, just a completely different soul. And I'm like, I raised him the same way. <laughs> so wait a second, maybe I'm giving myself too much credit both ways, like for the good and the bad, <laughs> like maybe most of this is just who they are. <laughs> and our job as parents is to guide them, to help them channel things in healthy ways and to help them you know, recognize emotions, name their emotions mm -hmm. and be able mm -hmm. to talk about their emotions to real, to not, um, be ashamed of things like anger, you know, all these things that are normal. Um, so I, you know, I start, to, you know, I, I get some moments where I'm like, okay, I'm a guide. I'm more of a, mm -hmm. then shape, I'm not shaping them that, you know, that's something, mm. a big lesson that I've learned. Um, and then, so my daughter Emily has really challenged me because she's so different than me in so many ways um, that a lot of, when once we got past that first year where I can kind of project onto the baby 
<laughs> what she was, you know, like that first year you can kind of still say like there were certain things I projected. Oh, she's so chill and all that. No, no. <laughs> I wouldn't use chill to describe her. That's not who she is. So like once she hit one and then she's two and three and, you know, we're at four or five, mm. like, I'm like, this is, this is a, a person who is, is a lot like me, which is mm. triggering and is a lot different than me in ways that are triggering. Um, and so it's like, really, it's, it's hard to describe the level of that you, that I feel challenged as apparent like on a daily basis because mm. um i wrote a post recently it's like you can't run from it so like i could think of in the past so many relationships <laughs> friendships that um when i was younger I would, you, there was a few friendships where i kind of just ghosted to be honest where it was mm. like it became too much um i had a lot of resentment built up and i just slowly pulled away without saying anything and like mm. i have had friendships end that way you can't do that with your children. I can't, I'm not, I can't ghost my children. I'm here. Like, you know, I'm here no matter what. So that kind of, no, you, you got to face it. You got to face it. And it's day after day after day of right. like, these things are going to, you're, there's going to be things that come up that are hard and you have to, well, I guess you have a choice. You could not look at it and stuff it down, which I don't think is healthy. I could project it back to my kids, which I definitely do. I, I mean, we all have our, you know, good and bad days. And I have definitely, you know, oh, it's like, you know, put the blame. It's their issue. But then when it comes down to it, I think I've realized when I have time to reflect, to be quiet, um, to get back to my meditation practice, to mm. talk to the right people, like to talk to the people in my life that are really supportive and don't judge, you know, that yeah. I could really be honest with, um, you know, journaling, things like that. When I could really reflect on it, um, what I've found the pattern is, is then I realize, oh, here's what's happening inside me. Mm. And this is what I, I need to look at and be, like you said, have compassion for within myself. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly the behavior that was bothering me isn't bothering me anymore. Like the, the outside. So, you know, and then I feel like it's just constant cycles of that pretty much where, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. Like, you know, there's also, like you said, so many beautiful moments where you're, where I just feel like such pride. I'm so mm -hmm. amazed. I'm just, you know, the amount of love I feel is just unbelievable. And then it's funny. I feel like those moments are usually followed like right away right. by like <laughs> the slap in the face moment. <laughs> Why is that always like I you said know. today, your story, like you were, you were so proud and she's leading this and then that happened, right? It's like, it's like, it always feels like I'm like, you're like up and then, you know, you keep getting knocked down. <laughs> It's like that song, right? I get knocked yeah. down. <laughs> I get exactly. <laughs> that should be like the motherhood like that theme is. song. That's the motherhood <laughs> theme song. Oh, man. <laughs> it's so, you know, it's funny. And like, I've learned that too. I'm like, oh, this is going really well. I'm, this is great. This is going, something's going to happen. You know, like kind of, there's like a, a there's that voice where I'm like, basically okay. it's like, don't get too comfortable. Like even yeah. with when they're babies with like, oh, I figured it out. I've got this good nap thing going. And then like, of course not. Yeah. Like it always changes. Um, so yeah, I think the big thing for me is motherhood has humbled me immensely. It has mm. humbled me in the way like, number one, um, thought I thought you could control people and you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Right. You can't. I mean, like I said, you can help channel things and talk about things, mm. but you know, you're not in control of other people. And it's also humbling, like, you know, qualities in the past that I've seen in people that I thought um, would trigger me or I didn't like. I, th um, but then I see that reflected for my children, and I love them like wholly mm. and completely. And I'm like, oh, that's where that quality comes mm. from actually that's such a cool quality. I really like that. So mm -hmm. it's like, 
I feel humbled in that sense, like that I, I, I feel like I have a fuller sense um, of seeing people and having compassion for people. Cause it's almost like now I see every person like as that child, like as, you know, mm. it could almost, you know, have that like mothering instinct. Right. So yeah, for me, like the expectations, it like makes me laugh. I mean, I have my friend Barbara who, we had our first babies at the same time and we were like, we were on point. Like we had our like philosophies. We were like doing the thing. We were like quote unquote perfect. And now mm. we're like, oh my God, do you remember that? Like, oh my, cause now we're exhausted. Our kids have grown up <laughs> and mm -hmm. you know, aren't the babies anymore. So you, I look back and you know, I, I have love for the mom I was and like all the expectations I had and what I wanted to be. But I'm also like, yeah, that that's not sustainable because we're human beings. You know, it's very messy and complicated. Mm. Yeah. Messy is a good word <laughs> in every capacity, right? Yes. Everything's messy. Everything. Everything. <laughs> Do you have, we also wanted to talk about like specific do you like know, do you have main triggers that you've noticed mm. or do those change? Like, um, and then how do you handle them? You kind of touch on this, but how do you mm -hmm. handle when you are triggered both in the moment and then also later on? Right. Um, I think my biggest trigger is around listening, um, which makes total sense because, you know, I was kind of like the, the quiet, you know, child who, you know, didn't really express herself or show emotions because, you know, welcome. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I just learned to kind of dim down and, um, you know, just, you know, and of course, like, obedient, like I did what I was told and all that stuff. So, you know, what comes up with cadence a lot, and I think it's just a toddler thing, because I know, like, I mean, I, I've, you know, I created a course around it, like this, this whole mm -hmm. thing, like I knew I should have expected this whole thing of listening. But it again, a deeper layer of it is, yeah, that's a huge struggle. I think every parent has the same complaint, like my, my kids don't listen to me. But when you have a, a wound around it, like, mm -hmm. one thing is to be like, they're not listening, they're not listening. Of course, they're distracted, they're doing something else, they're caught up. I get that, right. But how does that make me feel, right? And it's the same thing. Like it would be the same as if you and I were having a conversation and you started wandering off to do something else or you started mm -hmm. talking to someone else. I would feel the wound get like, you know, like someone just like, uh, you know, is, is like wounding me all mm -hmm. over again because mm – -hmm. Here I am trying to express myself, which it took me like, what, like 40 years to get to that place. Right? <laughs> and, and here you are like not, and not specifically with cadence, but it does show up in my parenting. Like when she doesn't listen after I've said it a few times, then I just start to that like bubble, like it really feels like this bubbling, this anger, this like, mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. I have already told you, then then that's where I just start to be like, I just told you this, or I've been trying to get you out the door for 20 minutes. And I, yeah, yeah of course, that's how toddlers are. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you have to get to that place of you've said it like 20 times and finally minutes later you're going out the door – um, yeah. But how does it make me feel? Like it definitely does push on that button of, um, you know, I'm not important. I, um, I'm not seen. I'm not a lot. Like even, you know, just around, even like around social media sometimes, you know, like mm. I, I feel like that is something that I have worked on, but it still triggers me when I don't feel seen or heard and, um, and I have to, you know, again, find a way to reach cadence so that we can be on the same page. And yeah, like I'm understanding that it's going to take longer because she's a toddler, but what can I do like in the moment rather than getting like all exasperated 
to maybe, and there's been times where I make it playful and I make it fun, but you know, when you're like stressed, it takes a lot of energy to somebody, do that. Right? <laughs> it does. When, when don't there's have not that energy. Big, Oh, definitely. And especially when you're on a deadline or you have to meet somebody like, oh, and you yeah, have yeah. to get out the door, but like, you know, if it's not a big deal, if she wants to go to the park and I'm not going to hound on that, if she's not feeling right. it or it's going to take us like a half hour to get there, then, then I'm not really worried mm-hmm. or stressed. Um, but I notice it when there's the things piling up because there's things to do or on a schedule. And again, you know, as I'm talking to you about it, it's because of these expectations that I think a lot of us have of our children that they like would understand that we made a schedule, we made a plan and we, and you know, that that again, like, Oh, someone's going to think of us. Don't you, don't you appreciate all this work we've done? Yeah. It's a great schedule. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So yeah, I, I, I think so many people can relate. I get that too. Like, I just want to say like the, the thing that I think we're doing right. And a lot of parents, that I've talked to is doing right is that we do try to self-reflect and are self-aware and that's huge. So Mm -hmm. it's like, obviously we're going to make lots of mistakes. I'm sure our kids are still going to be in therapy when they're older, but (laughs) we are, we apologize, right? Like, you know, I try to apologize and make mistakes. So it's like, we're being human. We're showing what human is and, and we're not putting up a front or like, you know, I'm not interested in just being like, listen to me because I said so. Like, we're, right. you know, really trying to have these conversations, which sometimes go great and sometimes don't. <laughs> um, so I just want to say that, like, props to you. Like, you're clearly putting in so much work and your mindfulness and your yoga, it's all coming into play because you're, you care about your connection with her and your relationship and you see her as a full developed human being, you know, um, I'm glad we're kind of, at least parents I talked to, we're past the, like, mm-hmm. children should be seen and not heard. Like, right. we're, we're, we're past this. We're like, let's yes. listen to them. <laughs> so mm-hmm. this is good. Um, and so the listening, the not listening, I understand that too. I, I, I definitely feel that too. Um, I think my, when I think about my big trigger, it's, um, I had mentioned Emily's different from me and one way she's different from me is that when she feels something, she expresses it and kind of, you're talking about cadence sounds similar. It comes out. So her emotions, she's able to just to express them outward. Whereas my tendency tends to be to withdraw and to go internal. (laughs) So I can really relate to what you're describing. Like as a kid, I stuffed it all in and, you know, a kind of, I shut down instead of um, letting it out. So when she's able to just kind of like let it out, I think there's a part of me, like my inner child that's triggered. It's like almost like I'm jealous. Like mm-hmm. I wish I was able to do that. Like I wish it was natural for me. Mm-hmm. Because then she lets it out and then it's gone. Like she's, she's then moved on just like, you know, most children are Mm. very present. So I think for me, the wound is like, it's strange, but it's almost like a jealousy of like having that ability to just like express yourself fully, honestly, Mm. openly, um, and not be afraid. And so I think that's when those big emotions come out, I... I'm kind of like, you know, in my, in my best moments, I'm like, wow, like good for her. (laughs) Like, you know, and in my worst, I, I feel like, you know, like, like, who are you to, to, you know, to be expressing all this, like, Mm. and, you know, and I can get, you had mentioned the anger. I think that's something that's important to mention. Like, Mm. I am often surprised by like the level of, of rage that can come up as, mm. as a mother. Um, and I've said many times that um, just that the intensity of the rage that can come up when you're triggered as, as a mother, I understand why people who don't have resources and don't have help um, and don't have, you know, the privilege to be able to self-reflect and have this time, like I understand why these patterns develop. What if you don't have the tools and you're feeling that 
I know what the rage feels like and you don't know what to do with it. I see how right. these patterns can mm -hmm. develop. I see how this can be passed on and on and on. And um, so, you know, that's another thing. I think being a parent has it's shown me like, you know, you have to be able to say, to separate, I guess, those feelings from like, mm. what's happening in the moment? Like, what am I feeling? And like, oftentimes for me, it's just like, I feel it. I, I need to like remove myself from the situation. I literally like need to go in the other room. Mm -hmm. You know, I need to breathe, whatever. Um, but not everyone, not everyone has been able to learn to like find that space between, you know, the space between the trigger and what you're feeling and then the response. Like there's, there's space there and that's what um, uh, we're able to practice and cultivate as, you know, yoga and, and mindfulness teachers and what we're mm -hmm. trying to teach our children. Um, doesn't mean I don't, you know, yell sometimes or like, you know, react in a way I wish I didn't. Um, but like you said, like when that does happen, then I, I talk about it after. I, you know, I, I don't think there's ever been a time where I've reacted really badly and then I just like pretended it didn't happen. Like I want right. to like, you know, right. I think it's important to like acknowledge it like once you're calm. Um, right. right. So yeah, so this stuff is like really yeah. deep. Like when I was talking oh. about that, I'm oh. like, like I feel my whole face like flushing, you know? <laughs> no, no, I know, I know. It's like a lot of what you said, like I, I totally connect like, and um, yeah, it's, I mean, it is, it's intense and, um, and it's, you know, it's deep because we're deep, you know, like, it's like right. we, there's so many layers to us and, um, and if we're, you know, if our children are able to open up like, you know, a little door that maybe, you know, we didn't know was shut inside us, like, that's mm -hmm. kind of what I equate it to, like, mm. Like, what didn't I know in all those years of, like, healing and working and, you know, reflecting and, I mean, all those things you said about the journaling, these are such amazing tools. Um, you know, I've been journaling my, you know, most of my adult life. So, yes, I know myself, but there's little parts of me, that little girl, I love what you said about the little girl, like, wanting to, uh, you know, withdraw and I totally, mm -hmm. that that was me and that mm. is me sometimes because I, I I wish I could run away sometimes like but you yes. can't like yes, yes removing yourself walking to the other room I sometimes even like you know I sometimes even just like walk out of the house you know mm -hmm. and close the door and then I'll like come back in but it's yeah. just this need to like okay if I like you know if if I don't leave like I mm -hmm. just I don't know what I'm going to do with all of this, like exactly. I'm going to scream, I'm going to scare yeah. her or something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so it, it's best sometimes, you know, knowing that they're like safe and you're just going to walk away for like a minute or two, then yeah. yeah, like you just need that moment to get back in your body, whatever way and, and be like, okay, <laughs> all right, this is what I'm feeling. Like, like you said, the recognizing the feelings, like, it's interesting because everything's really parallel. All the things that you said about um, teaching and guiding our children. Mm -hmm. I think it's like us relearning, like, you know, the term reparent. Yes. Um, yeah. That's really big these days. And I, I was like, what is that? And I just, you know, started once I kind of recognized, like, you know, a couple of people using that term, I got curious and then, you know, started mm -hmm. following some people and just noticing like, that's exactly it. Like, what a great opportunity to, I mean, yeah, it's still messy and like, you know, it's hard to do that deep work as a mother, like, whereas before, like, I might go on a weekend and, you know, cry it out with a bunch of other women and people like, but I can't do that. I don't have the luxury right. of time to do that. So, right. so like, exactly. it might take longer for us to get through processing all of that ourselves or, you know, like you mentioned, mm -hmm. you know, seeking help therapist or someone to walk you through or healer or somebody who mm -hmm. can guide you through the process but it is so necessary um and you know we also sometimes think like we don't have time to do that and that's like my big thing like if I had more time to like mm -hmm. meditate or sit like I'd be better and you know sometimes 
I'm meditating for like 10, 15 minutes and she can still trigger me because, you know, like it's like that's yeah. their job to trigger us because <laughs> yeah. there's still need to surface. Mm-hmm. And so in that case, it's like a gift, you know, it's right. sometimes feeling that we have around it mm-hmm. and it's messy and we don't want to go there because we know like if we open that door, like, I don't know me, but I'm a crier. Like, I, like right. there'll be times where, like, I'm outpouring, like, tears. And, again, like, I don't want to scare my daughter. But sometimes it's just, like, I'm used to crying. And I yeah. want to be able to, like, access that part of me that I kind of feel like now that I'm a mom, I have to be this, like, you know, and, and I'm a right, single mom. Right. So I got to be the mom and the dad. Mm. You know, so there's just a lot for me to be like, no, you know, like I, I am a soft, sensitive, you know, being and, mm-hmm. and I can cry at anything. And yes, I, I need to be able to express that in a healthy way. And my daughter, you know, and I do like, if she ever sees me crying, happy or sad tears, like, you know, I let her know, like, yeah, mom, because again, my parents sometimes will be like, why are you crying? Yeah, <laughs> and I'll be like, Please yeah. don't tell her that because she's crying because she's sad. And right. again, like that's where I become mama bear because I'm like, no way. Like that's not happening to her. Like she, mm-hmm. if she's going to cry, she's going to cry and, and, and it's okay to cry. And I let her see and I tell her mommy's sad or mommy's, you know, missing someone or, or whatever it is that I'm feeling. And then she can understand. And we read a lot of books about feelings and stuff. So now, you know, this age, especially like, you know, she's three, like, you know, two, three, four, these are the, this is the age where they're like soaking everything in. So I think it's so important for us to be real with our kids and mm-hmm. have it be like a opportunity when they see us, you know, express anger or sadness or fear or whatever it is that. Yeah. Yeah. My daughter will say she's five now. She'll be like, she'll be like, grownups don't really cry the way kids do. Like, and she was kind of saying like how kids will just start screaming and crying like in public and stuff. And I was like, you know, you're right. Like usually I'm like, cause, cause once we're grownups, like we learn about our emotions. I said, but grownups still cry. It just maybe you don't see it as much or it's not as loud or it's not, or it's like, but I want her to know, like, that's still hat. We still feel that. It's just that as you grow, you learn about it. So it's just fun to like hear as they get older, like the observations that they start to make yeah. and to mm-hmm. point out. And, um, and those years are so formative, those first years, you know, the two, three, four, and then it's funny to me now that she's five and I like will mention something like she doesn't remember most of it, (laughs) which I know like on a deep level they do. I know like on a deep level, like and energetically everything has been very important, but it's so funny at all. That's another humbling thing where I'm like, Oh, remember how like every single decision I made, I thought was like life or death. And now she like, doesn't remember most of it. Like, (laughs) right. Great. Like, yeah, it's like kind of like, give yourself a break, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, well, we kind of touched on this. We'll just briefly get into um, like having the limited time, hmm. especially this pandemic year. So, you being a single mom in a pandemic, um, I know you're with your parents as well, but like, what did you learn this year from having basically no time? to yourself like did mm. do you feel like you've learned some lessons of ways that you can take care of yourself in the midst of such limited time alone um well i mean it's it's interesting cuz we have like you know in on the one hand we have like all this time right that we thought like i thought i would get back to work which i you know i started i was teaching some mommy and me's and then mm-hmm. like everything shut down um but particularly you know, just now that I am working, right, um, it's interesting because, like, time is, like, sometimes it's, like, time is this, like, illusion. Yeah. You know, you you, you have time, like, if you, you make the time. It's about prioritizing and how, you know, just how precious time is, you know, because, you know, we have this time, but how are we going to use it? And how can we 
use it to our benefit so that it enhances like the quality of our lives, children and, you know, our parents, our family, whoever is around us, the people in our circle, because I feel like we were able to, with the pandemic, like get in touch with what's really important. And for me, yeah, it took me, you know, like two years where I almost didn't, you know, other than doing a few like Instagram yoga challenges with my baby, you know, like I didn't really do yoga. I didn't really meditate all that much. I was just in survival most of the time for Mm -hmm. two years, right? My daughter and, you know, of course, having, you know, the support of certain women and people that I can share and like you said, open up and could have those, you know, real conversations with around, you know, motherhood, spirituality, you name it. So having that outlet, but not really having like a practice or a set practice for almost two years. And Mm -hmm. then Last year, things started up again. I was so excited because I was going to be teaching and at least I'd be doing yoga when I was doing the mommy and me, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. But now I see like that getting back to my meditation, um, even if I do do it every morning and even if it doesn't look the same way every day, it could just be closing my eyes lighting a candle, like, like, you know, for a longest time, I didn't light candles either because, you know, she was a baby and I was afraid, you know, now like I can light candles. She knows not to go near them and I can light a candle and, or, you know, put my diffuser on and just, just breathe and Mm -hmm. connect and feel like, you know, that aromatherapy that like for me fire too, because I'm a water, but I have a lot of fire in me. So Mm -hmm. it's like, it's like, I don't know. It's just very, calming for me and just makes me just get into my body really quickly and be allows me to go you know deeper into meditation you know just that one tool you know mm-hmm. um and my oils and my stuff you know now like I'm bringing out the stuff that I yeah, used to yeah. have the little you know my little you know my little altar and my little statues that were all wrapped up because you know I, I all my stuff was in boxes and so now like that this year gave me the opportunity to unpack you know a lot of stuff like physical and you know and uh, not physical stuff and i just think it's beautiful when you're able to to yourself your routine your what feels good to you the journaling the meditation, the movement, the yoga, the creative aspect, you know, making art, collaging, writing poetry, you name it. Like once you start to come back to yourself, you know, as a, as a woman, as a mother, um, you know, I think this has given us time to do that, like get back to you, to the root of you. Right. So yeah, that's, you know, that's so true. Yeah. It's really like, foraging through and like finding what we actually care about because it's Mm. like yeah we were just forced I was thinking today it's like it really feels like the pandemic it's like we were all in a cocoon like just Mm. completely in our bubbles and we had to like really look at all this stuff and now that it's starting things are starting to open up like we were starting to like emerge out and um Mm. beautiful I really yeah, I, I just my only my hope is that we all are able to like to keep keep all those things we learned with us and not just get back into the routines and patterns from mm. before. Um, mm. Okay, we could talk about this forever. I'm going to try to wrap up though because <laughs> we're coming up on an hour. Um, I did want to end with a gem, but for this week, my question was, what would be your biggest piece of advice for how to be the best version of yourself for your own well being? And for your children. Um, I think just be gentle with yourself. <laughs> no, that's just like the first thing that came to mind because it's my biggest lesson. Um, sometimes I'm just so hard on myself. Like I'm a perfectionist. I just expected, you know, I'd be, like you said, the perfect mother and like, that stick, like that measuring stick, like, 
it's it's like never enough, right? Like, you know, even when they're thriving and they're learning and they're, you know, their vocabulary and they're hitting milestones and they're and all the, and they're, you know, starting to share and socialize. Like I like I wrote something about this like the other day on social media. Like we're always trying to get to the next thing to teach them, to train them to and it's like, you know, it's like if we keep going that way, like we're just going to raise like another perfectionist or another like overachiever or like, why not just like you said, relax, be gentle with yourself, be human, be raw, be real with your child and know that they are their own person and that we, you know, we're just here to, you know, just guide them in finding who that person is and and we need to be gentle in finding like where we can you know be the best version of ourselves like without the judgments and the the criticisms and you know the expectations the you know just trying to it's not you know it's not fun it's not um, it's just not sustainable, you know, for, uh, for a mother to, uh, or a teacher for that matter, anybody who works with kids to try to be everything to that child. Like all you just need to do is be present and be kind to yourself, gentle with yourself so that they can see that modeled so that they have permission to be human just as we give ourselves permission to be human, right? If that and and I'm just as I'm saying this, I'm like, wow, that's pretty good. Like I need to do that. I need to practice that. <laughs> right. I mean, and we all need that reminder over and over and over right. and over. But you're so right. Mm. You're so right. Permission to be human, the gentleness, mm. and also I like what you said about like it's not fun to like always be striving for the next thing. Like, what's the point? Because then we're always going to be striving, right? It's like right. Let's be here now yeah. with our kids as best we can in all its messiness. Mm, totally. I love that. Betty, mm-hmm. I love you. I want people to love find you. you. <laughs> where, where can people find you if they want to learn about uh-huh. the book doula, if yeah. they want to learn about your other work? Where, where's all the places? Um, well, I'm on Instagram at Be Yoga Be Love. Um, and, you know, there's a link, you know, the link in bio, um, you know, has like you can get some be yoga be love um i'm also on facebook um but yeah like um it's you know just reach out to me um send me an email at info at be yoga be love if you you know if you aren't media and i totally respect that too um and you know i'd love to to hear from you know from you and that we said if you have any questions or need support Mm -hmm. around it you know i think I love what you're creating, Jessica. I'm so grateful to you. Like, I feel like, yeah, we could talk for another hour and I we would, could, you know, yeah. I would just love to, you know, um, continue this. But I think, thank you for being, you know, open and receptive to having this conversation um, because I, I feel like, you know, it, it's edgy and it's, mm-hmm. um, but it's important. And I think we need to just kind of burst that bubble that, you know, that perfect, I'm just like, that's BS. You can't possibly be taking all these pictures with your kid because like, I, I I mean, no way. You either have someone like a nanny or something, or you're just not paying attention to your child and you're just having a photographer take pictures. And, you know, I just, this, that's not real. And I, I want people to know, like, don't aspire to that because that don't measure yourself to that because hey, like we're kids yoga professionals and we're talking about our struggles. So the struggle is real <laughs> and um, and we don't have to struggle alone. Like, you know, reach out like to any one of us, um, you know, just tools, you know, resources, we have them and we want to share them. So please, mm-hmm. if you are listening to this and you are struggling, like you don't have to do it alone. So please reach out to either of us. <laughs> yes. Yes, please. That's yeah. the reason we wanted to have this conversation. I hope that 
this resonated, even if you're not a parent and you, you were listening this week, um, as a teacher, I'm, I'm sure that a lot yeah. of this you can relate to as a teacher too. Um, but yeah, reach out to us and let us know. Cause we both got real vulnerable here. We're gonna, We're both going to have a vulnerability <laughs> hangover. So yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be laying in bed tonight. Like, Ooh, should I have said right. that? Yeah. You know what? I really, I think we should, I love what you said. Like this is conversation that needs to be had and mm. it's edgy and it's uncomfortable but it's real so mm-hmm. everyone yeah. thanks for mm-hmm. being here thanks for listening and um i hope you come back next week bye betty bye thanks for listening i hope you enjoyed this week's episode if you'd like to support the kids yoga podcast here are a few ways you can do that visit www thekidsyogapodcast.com. Here you'll see a link to my Patreon page and you will see different monthly subscriptions which will offer you added benefits. You can also contact me through the website and see all of the episodes that have been released so far. In addition, I truly appreciate those five-star reviews and ratings because it just brings so many more people to the show and it just means the world. So if you feel compelled, a rating and review, and press that subscribe button as well. So if you want to get in touch, shoot me an email, thekidsyogapodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow The Kids Yoga Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook. Again, thank you so much for being here.